Is that what I'm saying? Rough trade radio. 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 Hello and welcome back to the Rough Trade Podcast. This week, new music, new albums we're excited about. Plus, Ben chats to Craig Oldham, author of They Live, A Visual and Cultural Awakening and a recent book of the month here at Rough Trade. First up, though, and a blinder of an EP as Flatworms are back on our racks with Into the Iris, a six-tracker of garage punk bliss. Their first full-length debut was a massive hit with Rough Trade staff back in 2017, and this new outing really is no different. It was recorded by Ty Seagal, so great stuff all round. And yeah, let's put one on from it. This is Plastic at Home.
that was Flatworms. And if you enjoyed that and you're new to the band, as I said, go and check out their self-titled debut. It should be in stock over at orafto.com and it's a serious post-punk gem. Next up and new this week, we've got notable new albums from Tolly Craft, Zarface. Uh, We've got a beautiful reissue of Barbara Howard's On The Rise, which is also available on a limited pink vinyl and promises to be so, so much more than just another rare soul LP. Piroshka released her debut album. If you tuned into the show a few weeks back, you would have heard band member and former Lush vocalist Mickey Berenyi chatting to me about the formation of the group. So there's been big anticipation for this album then, and we were also lucky enough to welcome the band to Rough Trade East just on Friday. So great times all round. We always enjoy a release date in store. They're really, really special. Next, though, and I'm going to play you a new one from Shaka Khan because the Queen of Funk makes a phenomenal return with a new album, Hello Happiness. Um, It ought to appeal to her diehard long-term fans as well as newcomers. It's got a a kind of contemporary edge to it, but it's also got those classic ingredients to showcase her timeless vocal. Um, So, yeah, Ain't Nobody Does It Better. Here's Shaka Khan with title track, Hello Happiness.
with Shaka Khan and next up a record that came out a couple of weeks back Mercury Rev reimagined Bobby Gentry's 1968 album The Delta Suite um, with a guest well with guest vocals from an incredible lineup of female vocalists including Nora Jones Hope Sandoval Rachel Goswell Vashti Bunyan Beth Orton Lucinda Williams Margot Price Suzanne Sunfor Phoebe Bridges and so many more honestly I wish I could just play the whole record Choosing one track to play from this was seriously tough. They're all so brilliant and beautiful. I've gone for track one, Oklahoma Riverbottom Band, with vocals from Nora Jones, just because it's got an incredible atmosphere and it builds amazingly. But seriously, pick any track of this and you will not be disappointed. Uh, other tracks I'd also recommend are Sermon, with vocals from Margot Price, and also Jesse Elizabeth, uh, with vocals from Phoebe Bridges. But here we go with Oklahoma Riverbottom Band. Seven. 
So that was Mercury Rev does Bobby Gentry and man, is it a committed creation. It's really, really brilliant. Um, so next, and we're back to the future with Bristol band Hayes. Birthed out of the boredom of rural village life in Buckinghamshire, Hayes now find themselves in Bristol making urgent, dissonant music described as a special brand of ramshackle post-punk that's raucous and dripping with irony, according to So Young magazine. They're great. We had them play one of our Rough Trade Recommend shows last year and continue to enjoy following their journey. And yeah, this is new single, St John. And you can grab St. John on 7inch now at roughtrade.com. 
Five to one, and we caught up with author and designer Craig Goldham following the recent publication of his brilliant book documenting John Carpenter's They Live, out now on Rough Trade Books. Here he is talking to Ben. Five to one, baby. One in five. No one here gets out alive now. You get yours, baby. I'll get mine. Gonna make it, baby, if we try. Hello and welcome to uh, Rough Trade Radio's podcast. I'm Ben Monaghan of Rough Trade and I'm overjoyed to be joined in the studio by designer, creative consultant, author and all-round top bloke Craig Oldham. Liar as well, you could add that to the list. <laughs> Bla- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blagger. <laughs> welcome. Anyway, thanks for coming in. Um, so we're here to talk about the January Rough Trade Book of the Month which was written, edited, and compiled by your good self, um, with a foreword by the film's director, John Carpenter himself. Yeah. you got to tell us later how the hell you got you all got the, that. I'll tell you all the secrets. Um, the book, entitled They Live, A Visual and Cultural Awakening, um, is described as a visual celebration of one of the 80s most revered cult films, designed as a perfect replica from the film's iconic magazine stand. Politics, art, music, comics, literature, philosophy, and of course, film, they live touches on topics that are as relevant now as they were then. Leading cultural figures explore and examine the film's influence and impact. It's a beautiful book, um, you know, straight away striking um, compendium um, for the film. Um, To start with, Craig, can you begin by maybe explaining the film for the uninitiated and then also kind of where... And when your interest or maybe obsession with the film began and, and how it developed? Of course, mate, yeah. Uh, obsession is, is absolutely the right word, right. I think. Um, knows? So I guess sort of starting with the film itself, it's uh, it was released in 1988 um, and it's by John Carpenter, who's a lot of people know from you know his films like Halloween, Escape from New York, The Thing, those kinds of stuff. And this is one of his more sort of, I guess... Under the radar hits, uh, it's got its sort of cult, cult film, um, and essentially so the it's plot. Nineteen eighty-eight. Nineteen eighty-eight. Right? So yeah. it's thirty years uh, when we released it in terms of sort of marking the anniversary of the film. Cool. But um, it follows a, uh, an ex-pro wrestler, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, for those of you who know WWF back in the day, <laughs> and he plays a drifter uh, who has no name, and he sort of wanders into LA, and through a sort of series of events, discovers that the human race is under control by these rotting aliens who just want to sort of have all his money and uh, take over the planet, and then it sort of descends into absolute madness from there. So it is a kind of... You can read it one way, it's 90 90 minutes of pure bullshit, B-movie, sci-fi, action, classics kind of stuff, or you can sort of read into it a bit more, which is what the book aims to do, really, Mm -hmm. because explicitly is that and there's some themes and ideas that it deals with 
really explicitly on the surface level like consumerism and mass media. But if you dig a little deeper, it's actually hands down his most political film um, released at a time when it, you know you shouldn't have really been talking about matters. Normally in film, when you're going to get political, you, you see these things happen later. Nobody made a film about the Vietnam War when the Vietnam War was happening, for yeah. example. They crop up a year later, five years later, ten years later. Uh, and he made a film about Ronald Reagan's politics and American sort of politics and, and social sort of problems and issues so at the time they were going on. Relatively audacious to, to, yeah, to yeah. be making that. Or it was a statement, maybe. Yeah, it's definitely a statement film. Um, and he essentially, you know, very thinly veils, you know, he attacks Reaganism, neoliberalism, individualism and capitalism, basically, through this film. I was going to say, as as with perhaps your previous book, The Miners' Strike, Visual Record and The Miners' Strike, 84 to 85, your kind of attention to detail in the presentation, curation and design, when kind of dealing with, I suppose, archive material and, and pieces and and contributions, it's always kind of the striking part of both of these books. Obviously, you're from a design background, but can you explain maybe your approach when bringing together? I mean, contributors-wise, there's, there's a lot in there that you've brought together, but yeah. visually, well, uh, I mean, it, it's a reflection of the film, but um, it's it's quite unique. Yeah, piece. I mean, it's, it's always, um, fil you know, film's a visual medium, so it feels, or it felt right to sort of extend that and have a visual sort of, bit of visual research as, as well as the sort of, the textual sort of more, I guess, academic research that goes behind it to boot. And I, it was also a sort of, a bit of an idea of, or an opportunity to sort of, stake a claim because if you look at a lot of film criticism books or uh, analysis particularly they are quite text heavy and in an image you know little and i thought well that's a shame because you read these books and and they sort of elicit so many visuals in you because you, you know the film or you want to know the film or you know the references and they might mention artworks or record covers or whatever and you, I, I was like well why can't i see you that i want to see them yeah. and it used to be a frustration of mine reading those things so i thought i'm gonna Make Mary sure that it. you can see everything, mm -hmm. um, and I want people to sort of almost be able to read it on a visual level as well as a you know an actual reading level. And in terms of the contributors, that was sort of it was it was kind of easy and hard really. Obviously, I really wanted to get John Carpenter's involvement, and I was fortunate enough that he he, he gave his blessing and sort of said, "Yeah, that's fine," and he wrote the foreword for it. Uh, completely on a wing and a prayer, I sort of sent an email out and just thought, "Thought, well, you know, what's the worst that can happen? He can yeah. say no." And then I'll have to sort of rethink it or whatever, or just carry on regardless. But he didn't. He said, yeah. And once I'd got him on board, it wasn't easier to get other people, but it sort of gave it a little bit of validity, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, and then the other contributors, I, I wanted it to be, I didn't want it to just be a single voice, you know, one person talking about one film in isolation, which is what you get a lot of the time when people author books. Yeah. I thought, because the idea of this was to sort of, you know, show how film means so much to so many people, and it can be people. Two people can watch the same film and get a different reading of it. Yeah. I wanted to kind of celebrate that, really. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to sort of see what other people thought, and and people that had obvious direct links to the film, like Shepard Fairey and his sort of street artwork with Obey the Giant and the the brands, of course, and then equally just people who love Carpenter, love his work, like John Grant, who sort of isn't, you know self-admitted you know film score hoarder yeah, yeah. he just loves all that stuff and I think you can hear it in his music a lot you hear that sort of 
influence of film scores. He had, a, he had a lovely phrase of saying that John Carpenter's music was like inextricable from his own like musical DNA, yeah. which I thought was really interesting. It'd be interesting to see how you feel the themes kind of reflect perhaps now and today and why it seems so relevant now. Politically, for me, I think that that's like the first thing. Overtly, it's explicitly political. And Trump being in power now, a lot of those ideas that Trump is sort of bandwagoning and that has run on are Reagan's policies from back in the day. I mean, as, as, as literal as Make America Great Again was actually Ronald Reagan's statement that he ran with when he first got elected and then he ran with Keep America Great Again for his second term, which uh, Trump has actually trademarked now. <laughs> so because it has those themes running through it, the politics, the sort of hyper-masculinity and toxic masculinity and mass media and all that, I think they're things that we're, we're struggling to deal with now and I think looking at they live again we can sort of get a bit of information from what went on then and how not to repeat it thanks so much again for coming in for a chat we must say that the book is, is published by rough trade books the wonderful nina hervey yes um and she's absolutely amazing she is and um and the book yeah the book's incredible it's available at all rough trade stores um we've got a few signed copies at east and um yeah thanks again for coming in my pleasure ben Big, big thanks to Craig and Ben for that. They Live is available now and it's a truly fascinating and really rather beautifully and carefully produced book. So do come in store and have a little flick through that and I think you'll be very pleasantly surprised. I think possibly still also you get a hologram bookmark with it, which is also really neat. So uh, yeah, there you go. Events this week then, and we finish off our second-hand vinyl pop-up at Rough Trade Nottingham with the third and final weekend kicking off this Friday from 11am. Special focus on single sevens and twelves from across the catalogue, so don't forget to go if you're after a one-off rarity. We've got some great stuff, so come down and get rifling. Across the stores, other events highlights include a free entry gig with William the Conqueror at Rough Trade East, and then this Friday, Desperate Journalist will be live in store. Um, we've got Pete Fowler is visiting Rough Trade East, Rough Trade Bristol and Rough Trade Nottingham uh, across this week for a special in-conversation and book signing, so don't miss that. In NYC, and as ever, there's a bunch of Bowery events to be had, plus a couple of free entry in-conversation evenings too, so you just need to head on over to roughtrade.com events for all the details on those. Next up, and a new one from Housewives, who describe themselves as a genreless band. Um, they're from London, and they produce experimental music using guitars, percussion, electronics, and also a bit of saxophone to create music that points to the future. They have a new album coming out at the end of March called Twilight Splendor, and Splendid it is certainly shaping up to be. Check out this latest track, Smitten Kittens, for a super techie trip.
That was Housewives, and we've reached the end of another show. Uh, I'll be back next week with more new music previews and a nice little excerpt from the recent Unloved album launch party. But until then, get a load of this. Fontaine's DC have got to be one of the most wanted and hotly tipped bands out there at the moment, at least from where I'm sitting. Uh, Their debut album was announced recently and lands this April. It's called Doggerel, and it's up for pre-order now at roughtrade.com. The Dublin Quintet are also going to be playing some lunchtime shows for us in April. Entry for those is up for grabs now at roughtrade.com slash events. So be very quick if you want to get in on the action there. Now, as their new single promises, they're going to be big. Here it is, and I'll see you next week. Bye. Dublin in the rain is mine. A pregnant city with a Catholic mind. Starts those sheets for the birdhouse jail. Our mescaline when the past is stale. Dublin in the rain is mine A pregnant city with a Catholic mind A slick little boy with a mind of rich Pulling that thread for the next big fix This My childhood was small My childhood was small But I'm gonna be big But I'm gonna be big My childhood was small My childhood was small But I'm gonna be A Catholic mind Stamps those sheets for the birdhouse jail Palm mescaline when the past is stale Pale Dublin in the rain is mine A loose ambassador for all that crime Slick little boy with a mind of Ritz Pulling that thread for the next big fix This My childhood was small My childhood was small But I'm gonna be big But I'm gonna be big my childhood was small Oh yeah, 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 my childhood was small But I'm gonna be big But I'm gonna be big But I'm gonna be big I'm gonna be big Rough Trade Radio Reviews and subscriptions help to support what we do So if you like what you hear, then please rate us on iTunes